you know, I don't know what other partnerships are like, but because we're, we were already best friends. Like we have so much like history and memories together. We have like a similar sense of humor. So it's nice to be able to like joke around and like do be crazy and enjoy that with each other. You know, we would normally do that anyway, but now we do that at work. And like, we laugh a lot. Like we laugh a lot together, which is awesome. Um, this is still the most fun job I've ever had. Being able to work with your best friend is awesome. Welcome to You Can Do It, Do It, a podcast with Steve Carroll and JP Camara, where we speak with people whose lives were transformed by trying something new. Uh, I'm Becca Brady. I'm the co-owner of Hometown Cafe and Poke Bar in Providence. I'm Tiffany Ting. I am the co-owner of Hometown Cafe and Poke Bar on the east side of Providence. When was the first time each of you tried poke? First time I had it was the first time that I went to Hawaii. So that was... That was a long time ago, 2006, maybe? Yeah. Oh, man. That's the first time I went to Hawaii, too. And that's also when I first tried poke, 2006. Coincidentally? So you didn't? We didn't know each other then oh. either. No. I went with the next boyfriend. Oh, my God. <laughs> I have a really good friend who lives there. So nice. I was visiting her. So you didn't know each other at the time, but you had both gotten the same food in the same state, both coming from different places? Apparently. <laughs> oh my. And are you learning this for the first time? Now? This is the first yeah. time we just, we just <laughs> discovered this. You would think we would have talked about that yeah. starting this business, but this is the first time that's come up. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Oh you learn yeah. something new every day. You know what? <laughs> the magic isn't dead. Were either of you kind of in the restaurant business at the time? Did you have like a glimmer of, oh, I tried this new thing. This would be fun to cook at home or to figure out how to make. So I worked in restaurants in Boston while I was in school there. And it was actually a seafood restaurant, but it was kind of more of your traditional fried seafood. So they weren't doing like a lot of fresh stuff. Um, but I remember trying poke for the first time and just falling in love with it. Um, it's so fresh. Like the flavors are bold. Um, and I mean, I could eat. It comes as an appetizer uh, in Hawaii mostly, but like I could eat just pounds of that. My journey was a little longer. I grew up eating a lot of fish. Um, my grandpa was an avid fisherman, so we would eat fish for breakfast, lunch, and dinner oh, nice. <laughs> growing up. And I kind of like grew an aversion to seafood as a kid. Um, so when I tried pokey. I liked it, but I think I was still trying to find my way back into loving fish. Um, but, you know, the flavors were all something that I recognize, like soy and sesame, um, so I think when, you know, around the time when we had poke, um, and I was becoming, you know, a lot more independent, more of an adult and just into cooking for myself and making foods, especially healthy, healthy foods for myself. I think that's when I started to experiment with the idea of making my own poke. So how big does the pot have to be to be like to carry have 50 pounds of rice in it? So, so there are a hundred cups. Yeah. 100 cup rice cookers. They're, they're the ones you see there, but they like drop, those are dropped in. So they're a little yeah, bigger. They're, they're like um, ooh, and then wow. we have up to seven of them, depending on the event we're going to. Jeez. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like in the truck? Yeah. Yeah. So, so you only have two cups. here. Yeah. But, but we have a lot more in the truck. Yeah. How long I'm, does it take to cook that much rice? A long ass time. It's really <laughs> long. Yeah. It's because it's, it's about an hour to cook each pot. So we'll just be cooking rice yeah. all day. And even and in the store, we'll cook rice all day. And the kicker is they don't make a hundred cup rice cookers. They only make the biggest size you can get is 60 cups. So it's not a one-to-one -one ratio. So you have to make one and a half rice cooker, like rice cookers full to fill a rice warmer. It's a lot of cooking. We spend days cooking rice in the summer. Yeah. Do you cook it all ahead of time and then you... For the um, for the cart, we do because we can't we can't really cook while we're vending. But then in the store, we'll make the rice gradually throughout the day. Yeah, yeah. The rice cookers actually take a lot of electricity. They surge, so they're like a blow dryer. They are like so we we blew a lot of 
electrical circuits at our old kitchen. We do it here too. We have to like put labels on everything so people know which ones to do it. Like, don't use do the it, blender and the rice cooker together. Yeah. <laughs> you cannot use those at the same time, right. at least in the same circuits. Everything goes down. Jeez. So, yeah. It's like a hairdryer and an air conditioner at home or something. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And, and like when the rice shorts, it's life ruining. It's up. Yeah, because it doesn't make a noise. It just turns off and then you don't oh, realize no. it till like half an hour later and you're like, where's my rice? Oh, no. And then it's and then people just are like, where's soupy. our rice? Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. No. Yeah. That's not fun. Yeah. That's yeah. not fun at all. And yeah. there's no light like indicator on the front. Like the home rice cookers would have like a, you know, a ready. Wall. Yeah. So yeah. they well, do, but like you will get busy. Yeah. Like when they short, they just silently turn off and die and you don't know, you don't know this till it's too late till uh, you need rice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> huh. It's a silent killer. Yeah, yeah. So it's a hard life, you know? You really <laughs> struggle. Yeah, you you wouldn't expect the most agonizing thing about this business would be the rice, but it right. has consistently been since we started. It is the, the hardest beginning. thing to do. Uh, it almost destroyed me. I know. <laughs> I feel like that's there's always something like that in business, right? You, you, you can never tell from the outside like what it would take, but that's a pretty fun fact. That. I the grew up making like rice every day. I'm like, yeah. I know how to make rice. Yeah, come on. But anyone can make like a, you know, family size pot of rice. Yeah. But at the like 100 cup scale, it it's really hard. Yeah, because you want your rice to be like fluffy. You know, you, it has to be like the perfect consistency. Like mushy rice isn't good. And like al dente rice is, is not good. It's not like pasta. You, right. you, you don't want your rice slightly al dente. <laughs> It's not as good. It's kind of, it kind of, at least when I've had it here, it kind of clumps together a little bit so you can pick it up easier with chopsticks. Yeah. We use sushi rice, so it does have like a little stickier of a consistency. Yeah. But like we have to fluff it too. That's why you get like jacked forearms too. That's how you, you know, it's a full, it's a full arm (laughs) workout here. I'm starting to feel like part of the reason you started this business was just sort of like a workout (laughs) as well. Yeah. Yeah. We we were in such great shape when we first started because it was just us two doing everything. (laughs) So that, that was the best shape of my life probably. Just like no time to eat, running around, (laughs) not sleeping. Yeah. Crossfitting every day. Right. Yeah. What was, what was the journey from that to hiring your first employee? We realized pretty quickly that, I mean, we were going all day, like 20 out of 24 hours, just between prepping everything uh, and then vending and then going back and cleaning everything. Uh, we would have to go shop for supplies. Oh, wow. um, we'd go, go back and forth to our kitchen, which was, you know, more than half an hour away from where we were selling the food. So even that in itself was taking up a lot of time. Yeah. Um, so when did we get our first employee? I think it was a couple weeks into it. Um, but we were like, let's just post something on Craigslist. We, we need, we could use the help. And if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out, but let's just try it. So a couple so, weeks yeah. into the food cart. Yes. You had employee. Yeah. Oh, wow. It was maybe three weeks. I yeah. feel like we did like three weeks of it, just the two of us until we were like, this might kill us. Uh, we, we need some more help. So, and how many employees do you have now? We have 10. 10 employees. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. That's really mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah. So, and you now you mentioned you came from you were working in a different space before this? We yeah, so we actually used two commissary kitchens before we opened this. We started out, out at Hope in Maine. Um, and they really kind of walk you through a lot of getting your business set up and um, so they have a lot of support. That yeah, they like provide. a food incubator. You said it was kind of like a food incubator. Like what, what's that like? Provide a lot of support and mentorship. And I think um, being around other like businesses that are just starting that are similar to yours, you kind of get this community where like everyone can kind of lean on each other, ask questions, share resources. And then also, you know, just kind of like talk about the struggles that you're going through and just support each other that way. So I would say that's, that's how it's similar to other incubators. Did either of you know how to do taxes before the business? Well, <laughs> Tiffany Ting here, oh my gosh, uh, is a CPA or was, oh a, CPA. was a CPA. You, she was that in a business partner. Yeah, so she was a CPA. <laughs> Um, it was it was the boringest time of my life. <laughs> um, but yes, I come from an accounting background, and I did tax and audit and IT stuff for a long time, um, but. 
to be honest, I don't really know how to do taxes that well. I, like I'm not out of practice and tax yeah. codes change. And I was licensed in California. So even when we first started, um, the first year we got a CPA to do our taxes. Yeah. I mean, you got to have someone who can specialize in what they're good at and let you focus on the business, you know, carrying bags of rice and cooking rice. and Exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. So what were you doing before this, before starting this adventure? So Tiffany, Tiffany and I actually worked together. Oh, okay. Well, we and didn't work what, together, but we worked we at the same company. Yeah. So I did consulting, okay. like management consulting yeah. uh, before this. So yeah, also boring. <laughs> no, not at all. I mean, it's, it's kind of funny. Like you, you both come from a background. I mean, you, you had worked in restaurants for a little bit, but you both come in, come from a background that understands like the underpinnings of how to run a business. Yeah. yeah, which is different from the approach that most entrepreneurs, I think, take who are coming from the food industry. It's like we know how to cook really well. We know food. But yeah, the business side is like the new learning opportunity where it seems like there was a passion for good food yeah. um, and maybe just the the career experience was kind of an ingredient in making a successful food business. How does that give you an unfair advantage in food? I think there are a lot of really wonderful cooks chefs and you can have a great idea but it takes a lot more than that to actually run a successful business um the food industry is very low margin um and it's constantly changing and you need to be able to change with it um you can be super passionate about food but i'll be honest i feel like there can be no egos you have to be able to critically look at your food and constantly try to make it better um, and you need to be able to take criticism. We live in a time where Yelp and Google and everybody is, you know, critiquing you. And you be, need to be able to take that criticism and make sure that you're making your food better. Um, so I think that actually kind of helps us because we're, tr- we're constantly trying to make things better. Yeah, we're always looking for feedback. I mean, we tested our recipe with family and friends and even people at Hope and Maine um, for months before we actually started. You know, I think the business side of things is a little bit easier for us. Tiff does a lot of our back of the house stuff, just making sure that our costing is what it should be. Um, and that's, that stuff is stuff that can definitely fall by the wayside. And so I feel like because we come from kind of more business backgrounds, it, it helps us a little bit in that way. And just understanding kind of the the industry and the time that we live in right now. I mean, social media is huge. Being able to have something that's pretty and aesthetic. Uh, people take photos of their food. That's such a big thing. So being able to have something that's, you know, that people can photograph is important. And I think customer service too. We try to have a culture here internally with our staff and outward facing with our customers. That's always the highest quality. We want people to feel like family here with our staff, but like also we want our customers to feel like family and friends. So I think we've done a fairly good job with that and branding. No, I think it's definitely been successful and you can even see it kind of in the space. Yeah. It's, it's a very like warm, comfortable space. I don't know. I mean, I don't, I'm not going to claim to know anything about how to compose a room, but it feels just uh, relaxing to be here. I and think even like the tone head. of the wood and like the, the colors in the room, like, I don't know, it feels like a place that you could like hang out, eat food, get something to drink and just feel great about. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I think you're onto something. Okay. All right. <laughs> and the food is, I mean, I've only eaten here once so far, but the food is super photogenic. I mean, it just comes out looking beautiful and all the stuff you guys post on Instagram is, is also really high quality. So Speaking of needing that business sense and that understanding, you've you started out with other businesses probably at uh, Hope and Main. Is that what it's called? Have you seen a lot of them fall by the wayside as you've come along or have you seen a lot of them uh, grow as well? I think a lot of them have grown. You know, everyone is on a different journey that starts a food business. I think we were the only ones in our cohort that had a business background. And I think we were one of the only ones that you know, went all in on this. Like we were the only ones doing it full time. And a lot of people, you know, have like a recipe, an idea, or just a passion for something and they'll do it part time and just kind of see where that goes. And honestly, that is the the safer way to go. Like what we did was crazy. <laughs> um, so I think, yeah, there's like, 
you know, lots of different businesses, whether they're selling chocolate or cookies, and they, they're in, you know, stores all over Rhode Island. But I think we're the only one with a restaurant. But that was kind of, you know, our, our goal and our journey. Yeah, we were, we're a little bit of a different model than a lot of people who are out of Hope in Maine or even Pilot Works um, because we were basically trying to operate a restaurant in a six by 10 food cart. And so, you know, we were there every single day. You have to. Whereas other people, they're wholesaling uh, or they're baking or, you know, and they're there once or twice a week. Um, and so they're kind of doing everything in mass at that point and then they're done. For us, we were there every single day. We were, it, it, I mean, we were trying to operate a restaurant. Yeah, so. and, and we're operating a restaurant and we have a very perishable food. So we really had to be there, you know, making it every day in, in order to sell it. Yeah. Right. And figuring out how much to sell, I'm assuming too. Like it must be really difficult to keep the freshness level for something like poke. That is yeah. the toughest part of our business, I would say. Um, trying to gauge how much we're going to sell and when we're going to sell it. Because with the, um, the food cart, we would go to different events in different locations and, you know, different days of the week, different times of the day. So there was no way to predict how busy we were going to be. So trying to guess how much food to order and how much food to prep was the hardest thing. With yeah. the store, it's a little bit easier because yeah. we're, we're always in the same location and open the same hours. Um, so we can kind of get a trend line going. But I'll be honest, even in the store. You never know. You never know. On a sunny day, know. there won't be that many people here. And like on a rainy day where you expect no one, like all of a sudden it'll be, you know, slammed. So we're still trying to figure out how, how busy we're going to be. In the beginning, it was kind of easy to predict because we were selling out every day. Like we were selling everything out and then having to prep everything for the next day. And it was just the two of us. So it was a lot harder for us to do that. Scaling is difficult, you know, especially we didn't have like a culinary background. So you can do a dinner party for like two, 10 even. But yeah. when you're selling and trying to sell 200 bowls, that's a lot of food. Scaling is like very, very difficult at that point. So uh, that was a, a little, that was a fun adventure. Yeah. I can imagine what it must be like to cart around 200 bowls of food. Yeah. Well, we make them to order. So we had to prep enough food for 200. But and have no, all the ingredients separated, separated so that we could put it all together and then have to do like the dishes be... for 200, and 200 people too. So yeah. it was, it was an adventure. It was. And then the base is one thing, but you have all these other options. So somebody might buy a ton of this and then you can't offer the rest. And oh, yeah, that was the best when, you know, we would sell out of like a certain ingredient yeah. and have to, you know, try to steer people away from right. the ingredient that we're out that of. That one's good. But have you tried the chicken? It's, oh my God. Oh, wow. Did you Do work you... at Hometown Pokey? Yeah. <laughs> Do you need a job? Do you want, you want to come here? <laughs> Yeah, I, maybe you should quit doing the podcast. I, yeah, I'll quit the yeah. podcast and I'll start doing it. You have chicken on the menu here. We do. Was that an intentional decision at the start or a later addition? Nope. We've, had, we've always had chicken. Always had chicken. So when we first started, no one had been doing poke here at all. Uh, so we weren't actually sure. We're like, this could fail miserably because people could hate this. Like, we had no idea. Um, and... Not everyone's down with raw fish. So um, it was very intentional that we have things that were also accessible to other people um, while still having the same kind of flavor profile. So we intentionally put chicken and shrimp and tofu on our menu um, because we wanted to make sure that it was a very inclusive menu that anyone could get something. Yeah, we like to say we have something for everyone. Um and you can't have regular poke without tuna. That's like poke in its truest form. Yeah. Um, and then I really love salmon, and I grew up eating a lot of salmon. So that seemed like a natural second second choice. And then, yeah, like Becca said, we really didn't know if people would like it or even understand, like, you know, why are you putting all these ingredients and flavors together? Yeah. Um, so we wanted to have just a variety of things, you know, um, we wanted to have a vegan option, which is our tofu. 
Um, and then we also wanted to have a variety of sauces. So like even all six of our sauces, only one of them we added when we opened the store, but the other five were with us since the start. And, you know, they're all so different. One's creamy, one's spicy, one's citrusy, and one's like very like savory. So we like to say we like no matter what you, um, what your food preference is, we can make you something that you'll enjoy. And there's a decent sized vegetarian and vegan community in Providence. So that opens you up to way more people. And I'm getting like super hungry while you're talking about all these sauces. So I'm like so disappointed we ate before we came here. From a restaurant background or a foodie background, it's like, do people like really get our food and really like it? And, you know, there's the experience there. And I, I think that's there to an extent with your business. And, and you definitely crafted that as part of your identity and your brand. And like as people, you care about serving good quality food. But. As business owners, what do you use as a measure of success for Hometown Poke? So numbers. Being able to pay the bills, yeah. one. Yeah. I mean, there are a lot of things. We, I feel like our reviews, we always want to be great. We want people to really enjoy their experience here. We want the quality of the food to always be consistent and really high quality. Um, but yeah, we always want to make payroll. Yeah. 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 Ten know? employees. <laughs> yeah. 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 You know, um, we want to be able to pay all of our vendors. Mm. There's so much money constantly going in and out. And so uh, looking at those numbers is scary yeah. as a business owner. Ooh, I have one. We would <laughs> like to be able to pay ourselves, to start yes. paying ourselves at some point. Mm. Yeah, that would be nice. I don't miss any, we don't miss any part of working in the corporate world, but except for having a paycheck. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you cover kind of, your, your bare essentials and basics. Are you drawing enough to do that or? We draw enough. We are. I mean, when you're working seven days a week, 24 seven, you really don't have time to spend money on like right. other things. So yeah. we, we uh, live like pretty simply right now. Cause yeah. we don't really, cause we're always working have time to go out or do, do yeah. fun things. So yeah. I, think I will say too, and this is probably different from other people who start food businesses. We worked in corporate we were able to kind of put together a little nest egg yeah. that we have now been cutting down for the last two years. Yeah. So, that's, but because nice of that, a little safety. It, it, it provided a little bit of safety. So, but that is, that is a 2019 goal. 2019 goal is to pay ourselves awesome. consistently. <laughs> <laughs> and do you see that trajectory happening, you know, or do you, are you planning it out? We are. We're um, spending a lot of time planning out our summer right now. Um, we're signing up for events that were successful for us last summer. Um, and I think our plan is to hire on a lot more people and just be out there if we need to be three places at once and not sleep for a few weeks. I think that's going to yeah. be what, what it takes. Yeah. And the winter is always slow. Last year, we didn't even, we weren't even out during the winter because we only had the cart. And it is, not heated. So we had one event in December last year where it was freezing and we were like, we, we can't do this. Like we can't ask staff to, yeah. you know, we actually went to job lot and got, uh, like the hand warmers, the toe warmers. Yeah. yeah. We, we had got, like a little space heater in there, but it was like, <laughs> you know, was, trying to put a space heater out in the middle of the street and yeah. <laughs> in December, like it did, it did nothing. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, we weren't out then. Mm -hmm. Um, and even in the store, this is like our first real winter operating. Um, and winter's just slower. Like I feel like people probably crave our food more when it's warmer out. It's a tropical food, you know? Um, and the summers are always crazy for us. Like this past summer was crazy and it'll be crazier than that this year. So, which is, it's a good thing. We actually like that. We thrive on, on crazy. It tends to be a lot of entrepreneurs that we speak to. It's like, if it's not crazy, it's kind of boring. Yeah. That's true. Are I there, love that adrenaline rush. <laughs> exactly. Yep. Are there, are there any, um, any disasters that have been, uh, especially adrenaline inducing for you as you've been running this business? Like yeah. There've been a couple of disasters. Yeah. Yeah. So the trailer coming unhitched on 95 South and like m me seeing it 
past me, like on the right hand side. What? I was like, oh, that's you're not supposed to be there. Jeez. Uh, so that was scary. Uh, and then how did it resolve? I'm sorry, I need to. Yeah. So um, <laughs> well, like we're alive. Fortunately, I was in like the slow lane, so it came yeah. unhitched and then like came fortunately on the right hand side. So it it hit the barrier and then came to a complete stop, like right at, like at an intersection. Like right after Thurber's Ave, this was like, Jeez. yeah. yeah. Oh. Uh, so I was picking up Tiff from the airport and I was like, oh, by the way, uh, I can't pick you up because the trailer just came unhitched on the freeway. So uh, I'm going to send you my location if you, if you want to meet you wanna me. You want to walk here. <laughs> yeah. If you want to Uber here, uh, I'll send you my location. <laughs> into the middle of the highway. Yeah, just in the middle of the highway. So that was fun. Uh, wow. And then like a couple months after that, we were vending and you sometimes we have to unhitch, you know, and just have our trailer by itself. And, uh, it, it, the leg fell and came down and crushed my foot. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That was fun. It was wow. fun. Yeah. Yeah. And is that before, or after you had medical insurance? I did think that very briefly. Mm. <laughs> so I had medical insurance, fortunately. Okay. Yeah, this is another thing. When you start a business as an adult, there are certain things that I feel like you do like to cover yourself. That was a very adult decision of me to make sure I had health insurance. That was. I'm sorry to say, but I'm glad it was you and not me because I did not have medical insurance. (laughs) Yeah. I went through the exchange. I'm just going to put that out there. So uh, it was like, fortunately, I was covered. Um, But I went down. It was like a Nancy Kerrigan situation. Like I was, I was like, why me? You know, there yeah. was like a lot of, mm. yeah, like audible pain. Yeah. I've never broken a bone, but JP has broken both arms falling out of a tree. I did. It hurts At the same bad. time? Yeah. I was like <laughs> nine and I used to like climbing trees. Um, I didn't pass that point, but I climbed like, I was like 20 feet up in the air and I was going out onto a branch like a monkey, like I was at the time. And it just snapped. And I just fell to the ground and smacked both my arms into the ground and snapped them both at the same time. One was behind me. The other one just smacked oh, onto God. a branch. Yeah. Um, that's terrible. Anyways, oh, that tree was my Tanya Harding, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I get it. The yeah. trailer was my Tanya Harding. Yeah. It was, yeah. So how long ago was this? That was last November. November. Not oh, wow. this, Not this past November, yeah, the, but November. the November before that. 2017. Yeah. Wow. I, I never saw you in a cast. No, I was in a boot. I'll be honest. I only missed one day of vending, and then I vended wow. the rest of the time in the boot. What? Yeah. Wow. When you own, a, what, yeah. If you're, yeah, what are you gonna there's do? There's no, yeah. there's no option. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like if Persistence. I didn't work, yeah. there's no like PTO or short term disability. No, no, no. Right. no. Yeah. Like, so I vended for what a month and a half in the boot. I think it was like a month and a half that I had the boot on. You guys mentioned that uh, the other people in your incubator at the time, they were more kind of like part-timers, right? And you were, you were all in for this. But coming from a corporate world, coming from full-time paychecks and all of that, how, how did, what drove you to do this? Like what got you over that fear of, I have this consistency and now I'm going to go make my own business in a really tough industry? I mean, <laughs> I would They're say the question. I would say we were a little bit ignorant about the industry. I okay. think if you don't work in food and beverage, and if that's not your world, you don't understand why it's low margin. Like everyone know, hears, it's tough, it's long hours, it's low margin, um, but you don't know why. Um, so we probably glamorized it a little in our heads. And coming yeah. from like you know your nine to five, we really didn't enjoy our our corporate jobs and we got fed up with that kind of lifestyle um so we just wanted to start our own business and it wasn't like oh we're gonna go into the restaurant world and it's gonna be great but we just knew that we didn't want to do what we were doing and you know we really loved food and everything that we wanted to do just kind of revolved around food ideas so it was kind of like a yeah i don't know we just kind of like fell into it was pretty organic i mean We had talked for a really long time about starting our own business. Uh, we we love food. We eat a lot of food. Uh, we, <laughs> we follow you on Instagram. Yeah, it's it, like <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah, a disgusting amount of food. Uh, so every idea that we had revolved around food. Um, hate is a powerful emotion, and so hating your job yeah. really pushes you uh, to make some 
like fairly drastic decisions. Uh, we, we did corporate for a really long time. So it's not like we did it for like a couple years. Like we were in it for a long time, almost a decade before we made this decision. So we felt like we had a pretty good understanding of what we were leaving. <laughs> what you didn't want to do What anymore. we didn't want to yeah. do, exactly. And oh. I, I think that's like a pretty powerful thing. Yeah. You know, yeah. you learn a lot by learning about what you don't want to do. Uh, there was definitely some naivete mm-hmm. uh, coming into this. We were like, oh, like, it's not going to be so yeah, bad. Yeah, we like made pokey <laughs> for us and our friends and family. We're like, okay, so we can easy. do this. <laughs> we're like, oh my God, it tastes so good. Everybody loves it. Like, easy. Um, and, but the other thing is, which maybe some people don't know, people who know as well do, we are so stubborn. (laughs) So like once we committed to it, we're like, we are, this is, we are doing this. Like we are going to make this successful. Like if it's the last thing that we do. Um, and so we bought our trailer off of Craigslist. Like we're also like maybe insane. I don't know. Like that could be part of it. Like we're a little bit crazy. Um, so we bought a used like chicken wing trailer. That was that was crazy because I haven't bought many things. Well, now I've bought a lot of things on Craigslist, yeah. having to like furnish my life on a budget. But um, at that time, that was still to this day the biggest purchase we've ever made on Craigslist. It's it was, it was a, one of our truck. biggest purchases ever. Yeah, like, that's true in life. Like a single but, purchase. Did it become the actual? Like, did you guys use that? And you, do you continue to use that? Or you yeah, that's our, that's oh, our wow. baby. Chicken so we, wing truck. We found a truck trailer. and a trailer for sale on Craigslist <laughs> in Willimantic, Connecticut. Um, yeah. And then, you that's know, you kind of like set it up. You're messaging them, like trying to bargain the price. And then we got to a comfortable point. I was like, okay, let's go, let's go look at this trailer. I think, I think this could work. And then the morning of <laughs> that day, we're, we're getting ready to go drive to Willimantic. And then, and then I turned to Becca and I'm asking her like, so I'm picturing this, how this is going to play out in my head. Do we bring like $13,000 in cash and this guy pulls out a gun and robs us? Or do we be safe and not bring the cash and then see it and then decide we like it and go to the bank and get cash? And then he pulls out the gun and robs us. I just like couldn't really Follows you to the bank, robs picture, the bank and yeah. you at the same time. I couldn't picture how yeah. this yeah, transaction we, was going to work in my head. Yeah, But every yeah. I like how every scenario ended with him pulling out a no, gun. No, no. I've never held, held that much cash. You oh, know? Yeah, and like, yeah. it was a It's a big item. That's a lot yeah. of cash. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. So we decided to bring my dad. Mm. Uh, my dad is actually a very large man. Uh, he could not have helped us in any way. Should, should anything have gone down, my dad would probably not have been helpful, but he's imposing. Yeah. So, uh, he just came with us. Oh, and so and like sat there and stood there. Yeah, he's like, I don't know anything about trailers or trucks. I can't help you. We're like, just you just gotta stand there. You don't need to say anything. Like we'll do all the talking, but just but just stand there. Like just look large. He's six yeah. four. So oh geez, oh my god. Yeah, he's a he's a big guy. Yeah. So we were like, just stand there. Right. In don't say background. anything. Just stand there, like next to us. You know, yeah. like dwarf us, please. Replica gun underneath his shirt. Yeah, yeah. just yeah. keep your hand in your pocket. <laughs> exactly. Right. Look yeah. inside of a trench coat. And it worked out great. He was the person selling it was fantastic. Like he was such a nice guy. Yeah. Like super hardworking. Um, and the trailer had been really successful for him, so he was moving into a brick and mortar, and that's why he was selling it. Oh, that's cool. So it ended up being great. We did not get a gun pulled on us. Yep. Uh, and we drove. We measure drove it success. home. Yeah, that was our measure of success back then. <laughs> it was low. It was a low bar. Uh, and we drove it home, and we were like, "What did we just do? Like, this is real now. Like, we we have to we have to make that. We just spent thirteen thousand right. dollars. So we we need to make this work. Yeah, it was it was frightening. I remember our hearts were being so fast. Like, what did we do? Number one, do we even know how to drive this right now as we're like behind the wheel taking this? <laughs> no, we, we didn't because we had to pull it, off at one point. We're like, uh, what are these buttons? Like, how do we? <laughs> and then I think the other example of that is probably when the trailer came off of your car. Uh, the, yeah. No, that's uh, different. Yeah, we. Oh, that was a different one. That was a different day, but oh, okay. sorry, uh, that, yeah. that reinforced the yeah. fact that we had literally no idea how to. <laughs> yeah, we didn't know what we're doing. Now, now it's like, we're trailer people now. Yeah. yeah. Trailer just, folk. I've yeah, seen your show yeah. on. Uh, True TV? I don't know. What station yeah. has those shows? We said that we should do we should do something with that. We are we are full on trailer people now. Nice. 
Yeah. I there's there's definitely a uh, <laughs> I know that's like, a... that's that's so like bold and courageous to be able to do that. Like that's like a nice way of saying that crazy. is insane. I mean, there's, <laughs> yeah. there's like a <laughs> bold and courage, yeah, dash, a dash of that. But I, I mean, like ultimately, it's like you have to. I mean, what was the alternative? Go and spend you know twenty five, thirty thousand dollars on something safe. I qu- yeah. I'm doing like scare quotes here, but. Oh, like, that that was. We were weighing all our options. I mean, we looked we, at we new looked, trailers. We looked at like you know boxes that we had to retrofit ourselves. We looked at ordering custom trailers from China that would take ninety days to get shipped to us. Uh, yep, but were cheap, but also questionable because <laughs> yeah, couldn't find any reviews on them. Yeah, so we we re- like we ran the whole spectrum we of. Did how to get a trailer and what kind of trailer to get before yeah. we sell, settled I'm on this happy one. With, I'm, I love our trailer. I love our trailer. We yeah. designed that ourselves. Like that's, that's our little baby. That's our first baby. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, and this is your second baby. This is our second baby right here. But you know, he Whole always family. loved your first a little bit more. No, I'm just, yeah. I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> Becca, I heard you mention earlier stubbornness. Is that the base note that you live your life through? <laughs> Or do you have another quality that's kind of stronger and kind of like undergirds your whole? Oh my god! Wow, you are thing. really uh, like getting okay. Uh, I would say maybe, thoughtfulness. Maybe Tess should say what it is. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm like, do you, want, I know. do you want to say it while the other person's in the other room? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think like you are a very thoughtful person, and you also Aww. care a lot about being thoughtful. Like it's not like oh, I'm just like thoughtful, you know, like. You want to be a thoughtful person. I think you put a lot of energy into that. And, you know, you're good at it. (laughs) Best friend. That is awesome. Best friend. So there's there's this intention that that undergirds everything that she does. I I try. I try. You do. I I try hard. It shows. It works. Beautiful. This is a special moment. So what, <laughs> yeah. what would you say then uh, about you Tiff? You have to. Now you have to. <laughs> so I think Tiff is very genuine. No. I think she's very genuine. And I – can can I say something like that's like – You can swear on the show. No, no, no. I'm not – also efficient. <laughs> I know that's like not as sweet. Genuine and efficient. She's genuine. Just like a Hoover Like she's here. a like, – <laughs> You know, mine is less sweet. Yours was so sweet. No, I take that as a compliment. You know, I care. I care a lot about efficiency. Like high energy. There's like no wasted genuine and very words with me. Yeah, Yeah, genuine and efficient. Uh, Less sweet, less sweet, but 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 seriously, like incredibly efficient, but also like a very genuine human. Yeah. Awesome. Love you. Uh, they're making hearts to each other. I just want the listeners to be involved. Well, I mean, it's it's interesting. You know, stubbornness is one word for it. I think there's definitely a a sense going back to Lindsay Lerner a little bit. You know, we we talked with her about how she has a lot of persistence, right? So she has like she that's never lets de- anything. That's her defining trait. Her, yeah, her defining trait is she just like you can't stop her. She will go towards this thing. And I, and I, there's also an element of, you mentioned like you weren't entirely aware of how this industry worked and that kind of was a benefit for you. It's, it's almost like stubbornness, persistence, and then like ignorance is bliss. And then allowing that to uh, navigate you into this industry and uh, propel you through it. I don't know. I, I think that's one way of describing it, stubbornness, but the other way is just, it's a characteristic that allows you to do something like this This is a really hard endeavor. So yeah, I I will say too, like, I think you, I think both of us, but I think it's hard work. Like you have to get up every day and be willing to just put in a lot of work all day, every single day. I mean, this summer was probably the most we've ever worked in our entire lives. Um, You know, we were regularly putting in 16, 18, 20 hour days. Like, and you have to be able to do that every single day. Um, and there are like breaks, but a lot of it is just hard work. You have to grind. Um, I think we're also very confident in our ability to solve problems. You know, we're stubborn, but we can be because we're confident. Like we don't know what we're doing and don't have the answers, but we, you know, we'll find them, find 
are confident that we can figure them out together. Um, And being resourceful. I mean, there are things that go wrong every single day, you know, or almost every single day, particularly when you're mobile. Um, There were things always going wrong or we're running out of things and you need to be resourceful. You need to be able to pivot. Um, And I think that we are better at it now, but I also think inherently we had those qualities, which were helpful. Yeah, you've honed them now. Yeah. They were there. And we were stubborn in that we, you know, if something went wrong and we like ruined the rice or like, you know, forgot to order something, we were too stubborn to say, well, it's it's done. We we shouldn't just go home. Like we are not those kind of people. Like Like, we're going to figure out a way to make this work. If our truck is broken and it doesn't work, we'll figure out something else. We'll rent another truck. What too, you've done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Too stubborn to not too not stubborn to fail. Yep. <laughs> I know there's like too big to fail. We are not too big to fail, but we are too stubborn to fail. So. I've been described as very stubborn by a lot of people. I mean, that could be like your biography, right? Too stubborn to fail. Too stubborn the to fail. That, like a story. Yeah. 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 I, I, I would say that's true. Yeah. But you kind of have to be. I mean, our first day, our generator broke down. Our second day, our generator broke down. We went through like four generators. But those things happen. You have to, you know, be able to roll with it. There's a lot of elements of just being able to handle stress, too. Like, there are a lot of moments where, like, maybe you'll want to cry, but that doesn't solve anything, and it takes too much energy. When you're running on empty, like, you don't have time for that. You just have to figure out how to fix it. And I think we were very good at being able to be like, okay, this just happened. This is a very Rhode Island thing. I know a guy who, re- who like, owns a rental company. I'm going to go get us another generator right now. And that's what you just have to do. Yeah. It's also helpful that we have both of us. So sometimes more than one thing breaks at the same time. We're like, okay, well, you go run here and get this, <laughs> and I'll go run here and grab this, and we'll call your dad and have him go get this because yep. a lot of things can break. Yep. Yeah, that's always fun. Yeah, and we can divide and conquer. I think people, I think we're surprised that we moved as quickly as we did into a store, but there's two of us, you know, and like even for events this summer, we split up a lot so that we could do more than one event in a day. Um, and that helped fund not all of this, but a good portion of it. So it's just stuff that we had to do. But it is helpful when there's two of us. Also, it's helpful to be like, oh, my God, what has happened today? What's the, uh, what's the most surprising thing now that you've kind of, kind of got an established space about kind of being in the space and doing this here? I don't know. For a while, we were always surprised like when we would have like return customers. Yeah. That's like the best feeling. But it's still surprising. We're like, yeah, oh my God, as like people? not professionally trained chefs, it was shocking when people – when we had a, like – our first return customers, people came back to eat our food. And we're like, you, you, you really like this? And they came back again. I'm like, oh, you really like this? Yeah. <laughs> and that's like the best feeling. You know, I think, you know, we think our food is good. We ate our food for like three meals a day for like six months straight. So we think our food is good. But it's different to have other people validate that. Um, and I think we've been very lucky that we've been validated by a good number of people. You know, we've had good press. I think that's still surprising sometimes. Like, we'll have a write-up in Rhode Island Monthly yeah. or in the Providence Journal or in Motif. And those things are really surprising and really nice. You know, and I think we don't take those those things for granted. You know, anytime they happen, we're like, oh, my God, this is amazing. Like, yeah, you know. I think one of the mo- most surprising things about the store is to have customers that came to our cart, find us in the store. And it's already surprising that they, like, you know, would seek us out and still continue to support us. But a lot of them say, like, you know, when you come into the store, they can see, like, our brand and our vision with the cart carry over into the store. And that's surprising because, like, this 
the store, we love it, but it was hard for us in the beginning. You know, was, we feel like we had a vision. And as you like kind of go through the process, like there were stressful times where like things weren't, things didn't feel like they were coming together the way we wanted them to. So um, to have people come in and be like, oh, this is so you guys is one of the best feelings. Yeah. Yeah. It's really nice. Uh, we, the cart was easier for us to design. It was smaller, like, and so we really had a hand, like, in in designing that and doing that. This there's so much that we couldn't do ourselves. So we were really relying on somebody else to create this vision for us. Um, giving up that kind of control, maybe being control freaks is like another thing. <laughs> um, it's a super entrepreneurs, yeah, it's just right? all part but of. That was really difficult. Um, so it's really nice. I think we're really happy with how it came out. There are still things like we want to, you know, keep doing to the space to make it our own. But it's always really nice when people say that it looks like us. You guys seem very collaborative, right? Like it seems like you're always working with, I think, like PV Donuts and Nitro Car and Whisk Me Away. What's collaborating in the Providence food scene like? It's awesome. I mean, we're very, very lucky. Uh, Maybe that's a surprising thing too. Just the community here. We came into this like thinking we were going to be like an island on our own, and we're not at all. Um, and it's been like that since we started. People have been super supportive of us from day one, um, from the first day that we went out on our cart. So uh, we're very lucky in that way. Um, and it's very organic. I mean, I think, yes, we support each other's business, and there are benefits, like there are, you know, business benefits to that, but we honestly just like each other as people, as friends. Yeah. We enjoy each other's company. We like each other's food. So it is very organic. Also a lot of fun too. Like Rhode Islanders love talking about like people that they know and making those two degree connections. (laughs) And like it, the food scene is no different. You know, you're like, oh, I know so-and-so from this place. Yeah, like, oh, let's all get together. Or maybe we could do, like, this kind of collab. And, you know, it, it's a lot of fun to do it. Yeah, I think uh, – and collabs are great because they're creative. I think, um, you know, like, we all have our thing that we do all the time, and it's nice to sometimes be able to do something that's different. Um, and – we all kind of have similar demographics in terms of our customers, but different demographics as well. And it's nice to be able to hit multiple of those, you know, when you do a collaboration. Um, but the creativity part, I think, is a lot of fun. You know, we love being able to do stuff that's creative and a little bit different. And I think our staff do, too. How has working with your best friend transformed you as a person? So I feel like um, before this, I thought I knew I I was like, I felt like I was pretty self-aware of myself. Like I try to be very self-aware. I'm an only child. Um, So I try to be like pretty self-aware. Working with Tiff, I have learned a lot about myself. Like Tiff has made me aware of things that like I seriously had no idea that I did or that like were preferences or – and. It's actually really eye-opening, but, like, scary. I'm like, how have I gone my entire life not realizing that, like, these are things that I do? It's because you don't have siblings pointing out everything. They love pointing out anything that you do wrong or right. Mostly wrong. (laughs) So I feel like I've learned a lot about myself. Um, I feel like I'm pretty self-aware and think working with someone um, as close close as I have like it's just reaffirmed a lot of like the things that I knew like I knew I was really stubborn and difficult sometimes and hard-headed and I, I, I believe those even more now <laughs> um, but I think I think we both have learned we are both stubborn and I think we both have like like a strong sense of how we would like things sometimes and being able to compromise on some of those things Um, being able to like talk things through. We had literally never gotten into a fight before we started this business. Yeah. Ever. As friends, like there is no reason to. As business partners, there's more at stake. There's There's a lot more things that come up that you don't like see eye to eye on. So being able to work through those. Yeah. And also like not sleeping, not eating, like 
being with each other all the time. Like this is a marriage, you know, know. like, and being angry at each other and having to go home to the same home, (laughs) which as married people, you guys understand. (laughs) Yeah. Having to like go to the store the next day. Like you're literally with having employees and you can't like, you know, be angry with each other when you're working with other people. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's unprofessional. Yeah. yeah. So, and just, even just you, you, there are always things that we still have to do. Yeah. And we, so I feel like we're pretty good at like pretty quickly hashing things out because it's a necessity. Um, I feel like my communication skills have probably improved. Yeah. You know, yeah. because you're, I mean, you're a really good communicator. I'm not, but she can, she can read my feelings. So it's fine. It's fine. I don't need to use words anymore, but like, I think we're pretty good. Um, communication's hard and it's really important in any relationship, but it's really important when you have a business because, and a personal relationship and a personal relationship. Um, I mean, I think if you talk to probably anybody else who has a partnership, um, even people who are married, they probably will say similar things. Um, And I think as our business has grown, we've had to also figure out how we grow with it um, and what are going to be our defined roles. Um, And that's hard. Yeah, we're still figuring that out. We're still figuring that kind of stuff out. But I will say another thing um, that we get from working with our best friend is that we have a lot of fun. And I don't you know, I don't know what other partnerships are like, but because we're, we were already best friends. Like we have so much like history and memories together. We have like a similar sense of humor. So it's nice to be able to like joke around and like do be crazy and enjoy that with each other. You know, we would normally do that anyway, but now we do that at work. Yeah. And like, we laugh a lot. Like we laugh a lot together, which is awesome. Um, this is still the most fun job I've ever had. Um, Same. Yeah. Like, being able to work with your best friend is awesome. Yes. You know? Being able to, like, not use real words because you're sleep-deprived and hungry and still have <laughs> someone understand you. Yeah. And now, like, our, we've, like, made up fake words just to describe things because sometimes <laughs> you just – you have to. Um, and then having our staff, like, take on those not real words and use them to describe nice. things, too. <laughs> yeah. It's hilarious. They're like little mini-me's now. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, it's great. There are so many advantages of having a partnership. And I think if you look at a lot of the businesses here in Providence, even, you'll see that a lot of them are partnerships. And it's nice to be able to lean on each other. Um you know, we get to enjoy like the fruits of our labor and see like all the good things when things are great. And then when things are bad, we also can commiserate with one another. Yeah, we, we're never alone. We're never alone. And I think nobody cares about your business more than you. So when there's two of you, <laughs> you both understand yeah. like how important it is. Um, and I think that's, it's great yeah. to be able to, to have that. Awesome. Great answer. Well, thanks, guys. Thank you both so very much for being on the show today. Yeah, thank you, guys. This was a ton of fun. Thank you. Thanks again for listening to You Can Do It, Do It this week. If you're interested in checking out Hometown Poke, it's at 185 Camp Street in Providence, Rhode Island. Show notes for this episode are available at youcandoitdoit.com with links to Becca and Tiff and all their Instagram accounts and interviews, etc., Uh, definitely want to highlight them on there and check that out last thing uh, thanks again to night swim for the use of their song fiji for this show and uh, if you like the show feel free to give us a review on itunes or uh, promote us on instagram or social media definitely would love to hear what you think and get the show out to more people so thanks again we'll talk to you soon